Amen. How's everyone doing tonight? Great to see you. You may be seated. Good to see you. Good to hear that you're full of faith tonight. Yeah. Is anyone here full of faith tonight? Really? You sure? Good stuff. That's what we're after. <laughs> Man, tonight's going to be a good night. And, um, and uh, I'm just, I just know that God wants to speak tonight. I, I just know that, that, that God is just speaking to his church. That means you and me. And that's uh, uh, God speaking to us, friends. It's an incredible thing when God speaks. If God's speaking, we're going to listen. How many people got ears to hear tonight? Yeah. It wasn't very many, see? <laughs> How many people got ears to hear tonight? Yeah. You know, what sort of things have been, what have we been singing tonight? We've been singing about uh, nothing is impossible. We've been singing songs of faith and uh, hallelujah because you've overcome and things like that. And, and uh, Steve got on and talking about um, people that may have been struggling. And, and then Tim got up and preached a great message there on short as it was on the Philistines and, and about giving. It was just great. I just sense tonight God's going to do something real powerful. And, um, you know, really, it's really easy to, uh, like Pastor Steve was talking about before, you know, we get, come here, maybe you've been struggling during the week or stuff like that. And, and uh, many of you have heard that, that, that before. And a uh, real simple way to overcome some struggle in your life. I want to tell you right now. You want to hear it? You sure? It'll help you. It'll work. It'll, it'll, it'll just help you overcome some struggles. Because all of us, sometimes, all of us at times are going through places where we've got to work stuff out and we've got issues to deal with. And it's really easy to get caught up under working out issues. <laughs> and you always remain, you seem to always remain in a place where you're just working stuff out. And, uh, but I believe that God wants you to, to excel through that place. So, Yes, we're always in a place where we're working out our salvation, but we're also in a place where we're enlarging and expanding. We're also in a place of victory. How many place, people are in a place of victory tonight? Mm. Mm. We've got some work to do tonight, Pastor Steve. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, a, a real easy way uh, that will help you, a real to- easy tool to help you break forward through some of your issues. Get a vision for your life. Get something worth fighting for. Get w- something worth standing up for. If you have nothing worth standing up for, you will drown in your sorrows, just like everybody else. Mm. It's true. I tell you, I, I, I've been through some stuff recently, just like some of you guys. I, I've been having to work some stuff out. And uh, you know, right in the middle of it, I, I just thought, uh, why am I doing this anyway? Why, why do I just have to work this sort of stuff out? Why? Well, I could just go and enjoy my life, Steve. It sounds like a good idea. I could just go shift to Hawaii or, yeah, go to England or just do some stuff. But actually, the reason why is uh, the issues would never change. But, but I believe that God has, had a, God has placed a vision in my heart. I mean, right now, I'm in a pro- I've got an opportunity where things that I have dreamed about, I've, I mean, God's just given me a taste of them over the last uh, couple of years. I've, I've tasted a few things. Uh, but I believe that God has positioned me in a place now where, one, yes, he's trying to work things out in my life, but two, I'm in a place where I'm about to step into my inheritance for what I've been dreaming about for the last uh, 20 30-odd years. <laughs> this year, I'll, be, uh, I'll have the opportunity. Many of us have uh, dreamed of doing great and mighty things for God and whatnot. This year, I'll be looking at setting up, opening up a TV, satellite TV station, which will broadcast to 52 uh, nations, which probably gives an audience of somewhere over a billion people. How about that? So I'm going to... 
I've now grown from a level to God's given where I couldn't speak in front of everyone, anyone and, and having to work through issues to now I've got a platform where I'll be able to preach the gospel to over a billion people. How about that? How about that? It's not just because of um, anything. It's just this, that I'm just humble and obedient to God. And I've got issues just like you to work out. But I believe that you get into a place where you can, it's really easy to get consumed with, with failings and faults and whatever in our life. But actually when you get a vision in front of you that God has got a calling upon your life to, uh, to set some people free. There is, a, there is a kilo out there, just like David. There is a kilo out there that is crying out for you to step out and save him. There's somebody out there that is going to appeal to the king, the priest inside of you, to come up and step up, get over your stuff, and, 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 and come out and save them. doesn't matter what your background is. doesn't matter what your past is. doesn't matter what you're going through right now. I tell you right now, God has got a plan and a purpose for your life. What you've got to do is just get a hold of that. If you haven't got a vision, find a vision, because without it, you'll perish. Without it, you'll perish. So I just want to pray for you tonight, just as we were... Um, I've got a, in fact, I don't even want to pray for you. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a couple of verses here for you tonight. And I just, um, this was worshipping. I just felt these two verses come to, come to enough for you tonight. The first one is in Proverbs chapter 31. And it says, who can find a virtuous wife? You probably know this one here. But there's some pieces that I, that, that I felt God specifically speak for, for you tonight. Verse 17 it says, for she girds herself with strength, and she strengthens her arms. And verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on, the, on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and will also call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. In verse 29, it says, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. A woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. The other one I've got for you is, is um, it's in Deuteronomy, I think, and it says, For the eyes of the Lord watch over to and fro over there, watching for hearts whose, loyal, whose hearts are loyal to him, to whom he may show himself strong. I sense that right now you're coming into a season where a lot of these things are going to start to become extremely evident in your life, and God has been watching over your life, and uh, I can sense that you are coming into a season now where God is about to show himself strong upon your life. Why don't you just reach your hand out? I am going to pray for you. Why don't you just reach out your hand to Sue and lay your hands on her or whatever. Father, we just thank you for Sue today. Father, thank you, Father, for this incredible woman. Father, thank you today, Father, for her heart. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would come around her, around her life afresh, that you would strengthen her, that you would raise her up in Jesus' name. Thank you for this incredible virtuous woman, Lord. Thank you for this woman of wisdom. Thank you for this woman of strength. God, today, let yourself be shown strong upon her life, upon her family right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we just call her forth as the woman of God that you've called her to be. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said. Amen. Come on, everybody said. Amen. Be blessed, Sue. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, you all good? Today I want to talk to you about the strength and praise. Strength and praise. We're going to get up and praise the Lord very, very shortly again. There's a tremendous uh, strength that comes when we praise the Lord. And uh, Bay City is, a, is known as a place that is full of praises. I talked to this, um, this tenant that was in my ha- one of my houses once. We found out she was a. She found out I was a Christian. What church we went to, 
She said, oh, are you a praiser? <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. But it's, uh, I thought, man, that's a great term. I want to be known as someone who praises the Lord because there is a strength, there is a power that comes in praise. The Bible says in Psalms that, uh, talks about uh, infants and young people. It says, out of their mouths you have ordained praise. Or another version would say, out of their mouths you have ordained strength. So the word strength, oops, we're okay there? Someone's fallen off. So the word strength and the word praise are like peas and carrots. They go together. But there's a difference between uh, praising with strength and just making a loud noise. Us Christians, we can make a, a lot of loud noise many times, but is there real strength in our praise? Or, or when you look through the Bible, you read many different occasions where, where people let out a great shout, a great shout of, of, of praise, and God won incredible victories. I mean, you, you read, for example, the story of, of Paul and Silas. And, and Paul and Silas, they were, what's, how does the story go? They were, they were locked up in prison, and the Bible says it was the darkest hour. They were locked up in the, in the holiest, not really the holiest, they were in the, the deepest, deepest, darkest hole of the jail. They were, you couldn't get any deeper than they were. You couldn't get any more trouble than they were. They were locked up in chains and they were beaten. But yet the Bible says that they were continually praising the Lord. They were continually singing hymns. They were continually in a place of faith. And the Bible says about midnight, as you know, which is the darkest hour, as they were carrying on praising, as they were still praising the Lord, the Bible says that the, that the earth shook and the, and, the, and the building started to shake and the whole thing fell apart and they were set free and a, a, a tremendous revival took place. There is something about praise. There is something about uh, praise. There's a power. There's a strength that can come around praise. How many people want to have that strength around their lives? Mm. I want to have that strength around my life. And we also read the story, many of you would know, of the, um, in Joshua chapter 6 of, of uh, what's the story? What's the story about? It's, about? it's about Jericho. We read the story about Jericho. And, you know, the Bible says that they got the ark out behind the trumpets and they, they marched around the city seven odd times. And the Lord said, when you get around the seventh time, I want you to big out a big old shout of praise. Give us a big old hoo-ha. And uh, so they marched around and didn't say anything. Then the seventh time, or whenever it was, they let out a huge praise and a, a huge shout, and you all know what happened, that the walls came down. How many people would like that sort of, sort of stuff to happen when you praise? Mm. I do. I want that sort of strength in my praise that when, when I shout it out, when I praise, when I lift up uh, and, and give an expression of praise, I want stuff to shift. I want things like that to happen. I think that's pretty cool. When I was reading those, every time I read about that, I thought, man, how cool would that be? How cool would that be to be in jail? And you'd be, not that many of you here would be in jail, but for the wrong reason, but you <laughs> shy, and who was that? Somebody laughing. <laughs> but I'd love to see that sort of things happen. And often we read about these circumstances and, and, um, and I believe that same strength that God has given today. The Bible, see, the Bible is the living word of God. It's not just a, it's a bunch of stories that happened 2,000 years ago. It is the living word of God, which means it's just as real, it's just relevant today, uh, right now, in this place, in your situation, as it is in their situation back there. See, tonight I believe that you're in a place where uh, many of you would have, uh, have walls just like Jericho, can extremely shut up. Maybe, just maybe, it's a... A ministry that God has called you to. Some of you have got dreams maybe in your heart to, to be a minister or, or travel the nations or to move in the power, just like, um, uh, just like Pastor Lynn and people, and people like that. 
But it's like there's been a containment, there's been a confinement around your life. Many times we find our lives in a place of besiegement. It's like our soul is really shut up. Sometimes it may work it out in our finances. It's like you've worked hard and you've worked hard. You've, you've tried to invest, you've tried to save, and, but it just, you just don't seem to get a financial breakthrough. For some people it might be uh, relationships, um, maybe, uh, maybe in your marriage, it may be in your place of work, maybe in your business. Maybe it, could, it could be any, Maybe it's a personal issue that you've been struggling with and it's like you have prayed, you have fasted, you have struggled against this fear or this rejection or whatever it is, but it just doesn't seem to be shifting. And just as the walls of Jericho came down tonight, I believe that the same power, the same strength that brought down those walls of Jericho uh, can bring down those walls and bring you into a place of enlargement. How many people believe me tonight? Mm. How many people want that sort of praise around their life? That's the sort of praise I want. Funny enough, when we so you all know that story about the, about Jericho that the walls came trembling down, and that there was uh, that was the start of their conquest into Canaan. That was the uh, the place where they they stepped over. That was their first breakthrough, first breakthrough in the promised land. And I believe that we're right now that we're in a similar situation. We're in a similar season. I feel it in my own life. I can feel it in the church, talking to people. I can feel that we're in a place where. We're crossing over. We're in a place where we're shifting out of confinement, out of limitation into a place of promises. For maybe it could be in uh, different parts of our lives. But I believe many of us will find ourselves in that boat right now. You you look at Daniel, for example. Daniel's about to uh, go part on a cultural team over to Indonesia, and and it's like he's breaking out. He's coming out from confinement into what you're called to do. Man, it's just going to be fantastic. I'm just praying that when you go back there, you're just going to be a fantastic minister for God. And uh, so many people, as a church, I believe that we're in a place of enlargement, breaking out into the community a lot more, and we're going to see a, a tremendous harvest. So we all know the story about the, uh, the strength and praise. When you have a look over in 1 Samuel chapter 4, we talked about how Paul and Silas praised, and the, they let out a shout of praise. They were singing hymns, and the, the walls came down. We talk about Jericho, and they let out a shout of praise too, and their walls came down. We look here in... Uh, in verse uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 4, that we see that the Israelites went out against the, what, what we were talking about before Timothy? We were talking about the Philistines. The Israelites went and took on a scrap with the Philistines. We're going to go out there. The, the Israelites said, uh, we need to go out and give the Philistines a bit of a whooping. We need to get out and do a, go, go on a mission somewhere. We need to go out and enlarge. We need to go out and break through. So they, they got the guys together. They went to war. Yeah, I mean, this is just my version, but it's pretty well accurate. Check it out. But, so they go out to the Philistines, and, and of course they come in uh, quite confidently. And, uh, but what happens is the Philistines turn around and, and give them a jolly good whipping. They thought they were the people of God. They were going to go out and stay. They had a good idea that they were going to go out and enlarge somewhere. And what happens? They lose 4,000 men. Not good. They want to look to each other. Did we hear from God, Sergeant? Did we hear from God? God I'm sure God said to go out. So anyway, they come back and they were thinking, they started, to say themselves, they started saying to themselves, why has God brought this defeat upon our life? For many of us, we find ourselves in a place where we're asking God, God, it seems like we're in a place of defeat. We were supposed to go and enlarge and expand, but actually we've lost a lot. What has gone wrong? God, God. And so somebody comes up with a great idea. Somebody comes up, hey, I know what we could do. We could go and get the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, 
Let's go and get the ark. The ark. Remember the ark? Does anyone know where the ark is? But so the Israelites are talking. Where's the, I know where the ark is. The ark is over in, in, in Shiloh. And so someone said, okay, let's go and get the ark. Because remember last time we brought the ark out and they gave a big shout. You know what happened? The old walls of Jericho came down. But I don't know what happened to the ark, the tangible presence of the Lord after that. I must be somewhere. Who put the presence of the Lord? Where did you put the presence of the Lord? I don't know. It's a Bex's house, I think. Okay, let's go into Bex's house. Let's get the presence of God. So, so they go and get the ark, and they bring the ark out, and then, then all the soldiers see the ark, and they think, wow, the presence of God has come into this place. We've just had a major defeat, but now that we've got the presence, now that we've got the ark into this place, uh, we're going to get a victory. So they bring the ark, and the Bible says, it goes on to say that they shout out a, a huge shout. A huge shout. I mean, not just a... Hallelujah. It wasn't one of those shouts. It was a real big shout. It was like lots of people, and they shouted, yes, we've got the ark here. We've got the little box here. The box is going to give us the victory. That's what we need. We need the box. We need, the, we need this one here. Let's, let's, it, it worked a couple of hundred years ago for our forefathers, and now it's going to work again for us against the Philistines. So anyway, they let out this big shout, and the Bible says that the shout was so big that what? Are you reading? Tell me what happened there. Somebody tell me. The shout was so big that what? I can't hear you. The shout was so big. The Bible says, and I'll read it out to you. Verse 5, when the Ark of the Covenant came to the Lord, of the Lord, came into the camp, all of Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. How about that? Massive. Massive. I was reading this and I thought, wow, that is so cool. That's just like Bay City. Yeah. But the Ark of the Lord and all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. Man, that, that is some big shout. How many people would like to be in a shout like that? That is one big hoorah of a shout. That is like, whoa, I'll shoot your heart out. And so in verse 6 it goes, and then when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what does this great shout in the camp of the Christians mean? They're all excited down there at Bay City. They must have something to shout about. And then they understood. Oh, somebody told them. They understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. Oh, the box had come. <laughs> the magic box had got this. Christians have got this box, and it's like, and verse 7, anyway, it goes, and so the Philistines were scared, for they said, wow, God has come into the camp. God has come into the Christians. And they said, whoa, to us, for such a thing has never happened before. God has come into the church, man. Isn't that a trick? Woe to us. Who's going to deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? Are these the gods that gave the Egyptians a good whipping? What was it, the plagues? And so they worked themselves up and said, okay, Philistines, you guys got to stand up like men and we're going to fight these Christians. We're going to, they just think they're all excited and, and we're going to go back and get them. And so the Philistines, and so the Philistines, the Christians over here were all worked up and the Philistines were here. I mean, these guys were all worked up at the ground shock. So the Philistines would have heard that and thought, whoa, that's pretty impressive. They're excited. They're ready for a fight. <laughs> We better get excited too. So the Philistines over here, they must be like, guys, these guys, you hear the big shaking of the... Well, that's the Christians. That is the Christians shaking the place. We've got to be strong. And so I was reading this, expecting to see this great victory. And as you see in verse 10, it says, so the Philistines fought. Oh, what? And Israel was defeated. Every man ran like little chickens and hid in their tents. 
And there was a very great slaughter. And instead of 4,000 going down, there was 30,000. Mm. And the ark of the Lord, the presence of the God, the little black magic box, whatever it's called. And the ark of the Lord was also captured. Wow. Well, you, you read that story and you think, well, what's wrong with that picture? We let out a big shout. We, we had the little box with the tablets in it and that's the presence of God. That's in this thing here. We, take, we, we had the presence of God with us and we, we... I mean, don't get me wrong, folks. I mean, such a shout they shook the earth. That was some shout of praise. That was some shout. That was some impressive noise. So... But what happened that instead of just losing 4,000, they lose 30,000. But yet they had the shout of praise, they, 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 had the, they had the ark. What, what really was the difference between what they did and what, the, what Joshua did a, a few hundred years earlier? They marched around the city with the black magic box too. We had the presence of God and we shouted and the walls came down. Over here, we bought the ark and, and we shouted too and... We got whipped badly. What's the problem? What's the problem? So I believe that there's a, there's a shout that you can make in your life that can bring down walls, but there's also a shout that in your life that can sound impressive. I mean, we get really excited here at church. We jump and clap and we race our guitars and we flash the lights and we turn the subs up and everybody goes boom, boom, boom. That sounds pretty impressive. It sounds very, very impressive. See, the thing is about the Israelites and about, see, the difference between when the, when the Israelites shouted against the Philistines with the earth shook, it sounded really good. It sounded scary. It sounded menacing. Certainly like the Christians are onto it. The Christians have got some fight in them. They're not wimps after all. Hey, they look impressive. They're stamping their feet there. They're doing something. They look impressive. Wow, they feel impressive. They didn't just sound impressive and look impressive. The whole earth shook. I mean, you find yourself in a position like that. It's not, I mean, most people will be stirred and excited about it. But there was some key elements that were missing. Everything about it was impressive. And we look at many churches today. I mean, I've been in the church for a long time and I've shouted very, very loud sometimes and I've clapped my hands really hardly sometimes and I have jumped up and down and I've had all these good feelings. But you know what? I've still found myself in a place of defeat. What is the problem? I thought I had the... I mean, I, I prayed. I, I, I did all those things. I, I prayed in tongues really hard. I prayed in tongues for a long time. I shouted out to God all these... What was the problem? See, there's a difference. Some praise is just a loud noise. It's just a shout, and, and that's about it. But there are some praise. That, there must be some noises. There must be some shouts that bring down walls of prisons, that bring down walls of Jerichos. I want to know what praise gets me a, a whipping. <laughs> what praise lets me do the whipping? How many people want to find that out? How many people want to get that, that strength in your praise that brings down walls? Mm. Mm. We might need some fight. <laughs> See, the one thing about this, 
Both of these situations have many things in common. But yet they were poles apart. The, uh, the results, the pending results were, were poles apart. They looked similar. They looked and sounded and all that sort of stuff. But one had a lot more going for it than another. See, the one thing about uh, the, the one in the, in the, with the Philistines is this. That once people had got, once the Israelites had, had gotten to the promised land, God started to break through for them in a number of areas. They started to lose their cutting edge and they started to get vain in their hearts. They started to get self-confident, and they brought the ark into the promised land. They brought the presence of the Lord into the promised land, but then they put it at somebody's house, and they forgot, must have put it somebody. Somebody put it down somewhere, and they forgot about it. And it stayed in that place. See, the last time they shouted like that with the ark, the walls came down. So something went wrong. Something had gone terribly wrong. They thought what they could do was bring the little magic box out, pray in tongues a little bit and jump up and down and shout out a big noise and all their walls are going to come down and, and, and God's just going to just like, whoa, defeat the... No, 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 no. No, no, no. There's a lot more to the story than that. See, one thing, that, the thing about the Israelites and against the Philistines is their shout of praise was basically, it was just a token gesture. You know, sometimes we can come to church and the song leader says, come on, everybody, let's give the Lord a shout of praise and everybody... But inside we're just thinking about, uh, okay, whatever. We do the Christian thing. Uh, maybe it's a, I don't know, just a courtesy clap or a courtesy shout, and that's about it. It sounds impressive. Looks impressive. Feels impressive. Wow. wow that's pretty cool. But actually, nothing there. See, the one thing here they had was a token gesture. It was a religious act. With all their shouting, all their shouting did was just to prove their vanity. And so, your friends, you and I live in a, in a place where we have so many things that we can be grateful for. God's blessing is upon our nation like we just wouldn't even imagine. We have a healthcare system. We have a great education system. Uh, we have so many great things. If you're hungry, the government will send you a check in the mail. If you need a stab in your arm because you've got a sickness, you get in the doctor, he'll stab you. We've got food on our supermarket shelves. If you need to be entertained, man, there's plenty of entertainment out there. We've got so much to be grateful for. We already live in so many parts of our life. We already live in a land of promise. But yet so often we, we get so consumed with our brokenness or this or that, or we just start to get so complacent in our life and our walk with God that we just park up the ark and we, we park up the presence of God. We park up and we start to become vain in ourselves. See, the thing about this shout, it was full. It wasn't about the presence of God. It wasn't about a shout of victory or anything like that. It was just a vanity. It was just a shout of vanity. That's, it sounded like it was praise, but actually it was vanity. It was hollow. There was nothing to it. See, the issue was not the fact that they didn't have the little black magic box there. The issue was, where was it the day before? Where was it the day before that? Why are we in this position now where we need to, I don't know, find the next prophet or find the next magic trick or find the next top Christian band that we can bring in and work something up? What's, what's the problem? The problem is not that we don't have the victory already. The problem is this. If you need a victory in your life, if you're facing some Philistines in your life somewhere, the issue would be, what got you in the problem in the first place? It's not... No, shout, no amount of 
courtesy falling or laying on of hands is always going to fix the problem. I've seen many people pray for this and pray for that, and they've still got the same problem. I've seen many people jump up and down and shout out great and powerful songs, still in place of bondage. What is the problem? The problem is this, that they misalign their lives uh, from the place where God originally had them. Somewhere along the line, they let go of a heart, deep felt relationship with the Lord. And instead of having it a day-to-day relationship, and, and instead of, uh, see, the problem really is, the, the, I mean, to cut it to a nutshell, it, the, the problem was sin. <laughs> the problem was sin. See, if they would just humble themselves, if they were to just got on their knees and prayed and repented of their sin and allowed God to adjust their lives, I'm quite confident they would, and do the big shout with the big, they would have won a victory. But the problem was that even on the outside they did some good religious things, actually, their hearts were far from God. Their hearts were far from God. But when you look at Joshua, see the difference is, and again, they all looked very similar. They had the ark and they had the presence of God and they had the big shout and they had the big clap and the walls came down. See, the thing is, I believe that the story is found, you've got to ask yourself, what happened the day before the walls came down? What happened in those weeks prior to those walls coming down? The Bible says that in, in Joshua chapter 5, that, um, let's just quickly turn there, in Joshua chapter 5, They had a whole generation that had come out of confinement. And the Lord said, uh, the Lord said to Joshua, uh, make, flint li- make flint lines for yourselves and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. And so the whole story goes that, God, uh, that Joshua called the boys out and said, well, guys, God has spoken to me. We need to get some issues out on the table. We need to sort some stuff out. And so the Bible says that they... they circumcised all the, the new, generation, uh, new generation of the Israelites that had come forth. And then the Bible goes on to say, and he goes on to say that, then Joshua circumcised the son whom he raised up in their place, in verse 7, and, and, and so it was in verse 8. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they, had, they stayed in their places in the camp until they were healed. Then God said to Joshua, after he had done all this, he said, this day I have rolled away the reproach from Egypt. From you, therefore, this name is place. This place is called Gilgal till this day. The whole issue, I believe, is this: we've got to come to a place of repentance. We've got to come to a place of. I believe that there's three ingredients that happen in this place. I'm not going to break it all down. I just, I, I just actually put. I actually got four. If you want your praise, if you want to have your shout to have strength in it, I believe it's got to have four of these ingredients. One, you've got to direct it to Jesus. You've got to let your shout be directed to Jesus. You've got to let your affections, you've got to keep your focus always towards Jesus Christ. Whenever your focus goes away from Jesus, onto how good you look or, or, or what's going on in the inside or your issues, you will find that things will start to overwhelm you. Always let your praise, always let your affections, always let your focus be on Jesus. The Bible says, David says, at all times I will bless the Lord. The times when I have to behave like a madman, I will still bless the Lord. Even at times when I'm in trouble, every time I'm, in, I'm, I'm down and oppressed, I will still boast in the Lord. I will still shout out his praises to Jesus. It's not making a noise for the sake of making a noise. It's making a noise for the name of Jesus Christ. 
It's first of all, have you focused on Jesus Christ? The second part, second ingredient, you've got, we're going to have a heart of obedience. See, if those men never responded to Joshua, God said, Joshua, circumcise the men. If they said, no, that's not a good idea. Don't like that idea. Not like you intend to do it. <laughs> that's not good. If they were disobedient in their hearts, I don't believe they would have won the victory. I believe the whole victory, the whole walls coming down thing and the inheritance, it was based on three things. First, obedience. Secondly, I believe, see the Bible says in Matthew chapter 8 where, where the uh, Roman centurion had a sick servant and he sent a servant to say, uh, Jesus, fix my son. He said, you, you don't even need to come to my house. You just say the word. We don't have to have a team meeting. We don't have to have a planning meeting. We don't have to have anything. Jesus, I know that you are a man under authority. And if you just say the word, you just speak the word, I know my son will be healed. And Jesus turned to this man, this, this non-Christian, this Roman centurion. Many of you know the story. And he says, well, well, church, well, Christians, here we have a Roman centurion, and never in any of the house of Israel, never in all the churches have I seen such a man of great faith. So here he, he equates obedience with faith. You want to have the faith that brings the strength, to, that brings the house down, you've got to have a place of obedience. Faith and obedience, man, they're like peas and carrots. You've got to have them together. You've got to have them together. The second one is Humility. Humility. Humility brings power. Humility will bring you power. So you cannot have authority over what you're afraid of. Some of those places in our life that we're afraid of, we try and cover up and, and feel shameful about. You're ashamed about something, you won't have any power over it. You want to have a big shout to bring, the, bring those walls down that kept you in confinement, but you've got to come to a point where you've got to say, I need help. You've got to come to a point where you can be humble and say, Lord, I'm broken in this part of my life. You know, the Bible says, submit yourself to one another. Sometimes you've got to get your issues. In fact, most of the time, if you've got strongholds in your life, most of the time we like to keep it between me and God. You know, if it was always just between me and God, then that circumcision wouldn't have needed Joshua at all. God would have just done it secretly on the side. Just, it's okay, fellas. I understand. This is a sensitive part. We can just go to the tent and just do it. We just do it in our prayer time. It's, it's fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> they brought them all out. Guys, we're doing this together. Humility. For you to have power in your life, many times, man, you've got to open up your heart to people. Open up to God, but you've got to open up to people as well. Yes, God can do it sovereignly, but that's why we have each other. And the Bible says, submit yourself to one to another. That means to become vulnerable and be humble to one to another. Oh, I don't like that. But it's actually my friends, it's actually my family, people like you, that are not allowed to speak into my life. If I don't allow my people around me to speak into me, and if I don't allow myself to be vulnerable, even the most intimate parts of my heart, if I cannot allow myself to be vulnerable to to God's family. On one side, yeah, I want power. I want to have the wall, wall coming down power. That's that sort of power. But over here, I'm not, 
I can't have the wall coming down power without the humility to go with it. You can all jump up and down and say, yeah, I want that power to be able to speak to a billion people or to raise the dead, but you've got to also have the humility to go with it. Mm. And that's always the catch. People get stuck there, the obedience and the, and the humility sometimes. Because the problem is we, we get so caught up in, in, in pride, and I know we're all Christians and we all know that about the whole pride thing, but actually that's the whole thing about pride. You don't even know you're proudful. You get, pride, pride is so deceitful. And you don't even know that you're deceived. And that's the trick about deception. You don't know you're deceived. You don't know you're in pride until somebody tells you, you need to work this out. No, I don't. You don't know what you're talking about. I've been abused. <laughs> Actually, it's got to come to a point where we've got to let go, control, let go of our pride and allow somebody to speak in and shape our life. And I just thank so much for the different ones here that uh, speaking to me, and uh, it's just real cool. Love it. The other one is faith. See, humility, obedience, and faith go hand in hand. Jesus, when he saw the Roman centurion, his obedience, he equated that directly with great faith that even Christians don't have. <laughs> How about that? Obedience and faith. How could they, they go together? To be obedient, you also need to be humble. Humility goes with obedience because the bottom line is this. Most people don't like anyone telling us what to do. I mean, we might as well get straight to the point. We can cloud it up with all sorts of different things, but actually, the nature of sin is we just want to do our own thing. You can't just go ahead and do your own thing and still have that sort of power that pulls down walls. It's, you can't have one without the other. It's like... He's in carrots. You can't have one without the other. In fact, now they even mix peas and carrots together. Just, that's how important it is. You talk to Rachel, she mixes peas and carrots together. We've got to have humility and obedience and faith. They just go together like that, like a mixed bag of veggies. I'm just trying to sort of trying to lighten up. <laughs> You've got to have faith inside of your life. See, faith, faith is a reflection of what's in your spirit. Can we, can we just go a little bit deeper, just for a, just for a little bit? Is it, is it okay? We'll just go a little bit deep. So when you talk about faith, you know, when you look through the Bible, you see some words uh, have a gender tense to them. They, uh, some words are, are attached to either a, a female gender or a male gender. You, you, you look through the Psalms, for example, and it says, wisdom and understanding lift up her voice. So there's some things are described in the Bible that are referred to a female gender. There are some things that we talk about are equated to a male gender. So we don't say, for example, a spirit woman. When we talk about our spirit, we, we refer to it as a spirit man. When we talk about the church, we talk about the bride in the fe- female context. It is a bride of Christ. The word faith comes from a, it's, a, it's not an emotional thing. See, emotions are really, really important. Our emotions are really powerful. Uh, females can be, as you would know, many females here tonight can be very emotional beings. Very influential. Our soul is a very emotional being. It's very, very influential. It's the power to influence either this way or that way or this way. But our spirit, our spirit man, our spirit. Our spirit 
There is, a, there is a strength that comes when we start to live out of our spirit. And I'm, this is about as deep as I'm going to take it tonight. But actually, there's a, there's a, there's a strength that comes when you live out of your spirit. And when you, uh, you know how just females can express things really good. It's like, man, they can just express themselves well. Our soul expresses what's in our spirit. But actually, faith is a, is a male tense word. It has strength around it. It has a strength around it that other words don't have. Faith. Faith. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by obedience. So the Bible says that we walk by faith. Many of us know that scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We walk by faith not by what we see or by what we feel or by what we experience or about any of those other things. We don't walk by popular opinions. Many of us know this uh, in our heads, but actually, is it a part of our spirit? Is it a part of our being? We walk, by, we walk by faith, not by, in other words, we walk out of our spirit, not out of our soul. See, our, our soul will give you the expressions of what you see, what you experience, and what you feel. They were all good things, but if you let those things rule over your life, we've got to have them because you've got to have male and female, so we've got to have soul and spirit. We've got to have what we see and what we are emotions because what we see is what we're attracted to. But the thing is, there's always that, that contest that goes on inside that which one will take the lead? Which one will we walk in? See, all of us, the Bible says, walk in the spirit. The Bible says, walk in the spirit, not walk in your emotions. Walk in the spirit. Let us walk by faith. See, when, when we walk, walking is making decisions. When you walk, you place one foot in front of the other and one foot in the other. When you walk, when you take steps, you, you, you go somewhere. Walking is making one step in front of another. What are those steps? Those steps are the choices that you and I make every day. Today, right now, you will make choices. Tonight, you will make some choices. Tomorrow, you'll make some choices. And as the accumulation of those choices that you make, will determine how your life will be. Your choices will lead you somewhere. And all of us all of the time are being influenced one way or another to make decisions and choices that will take our life one way or take our life another. See, Joshua saw Jericho. When he saw Jericho, he saw that it was securely shut up. If he walked out of his soul, if he walked by what he saw, he would have said, uh, guys, God's got this wrong. This is a no-go. It's shut up. Sorry, let's go back. If he walked by his feelings, he would have got there and think, oh, I don't feel too good about this. I've got a bad feeling. I feel scared. I feel vulnerable. But actually, the Bible says that when he saw Jericho, he saw it with the eyes of faith. We walk by faith, not by sight, by what we feel or by popular opinions. Most of the time, sorry, not most of the time, on many occasions the church is influenced. People in their church are influenced by popular opinion, by what we see and by what we feel, not by the principle of faith, not by making a decision to walk by faith. And we wonder why we have so many problems around our life. If you want to have that power, that strength that pulls down walls. We've got to have an alignment in our life that, one, we make a decision to live out of our spirit, to walk by faith. You've got to learn to live it, walk out of your spirit. 
Bring your spirit, bring every part of you into alignment. Many people don't bring down walls because simply they're too tired, they just can't get out of bed. It's as simple as that. When you start to bring your life into alignment, you will find that things will start to come together. And you'll find that you'll start to develop that strength that pulls down walls. In Isaiah verse 60, I'm just going to finish up. We just have the band. In Isaiah verse 60, incredible piece of scripture. In Isaiah verse 60 and verse 11, it says, uh, Pastor Lynn was talking this morning. We, we sang that song, Arise, shine, church arise, church arise, church arise. That's why I asked you right from the start, can you hear what God is saying? We've got to arise. And the Bible says here, and, verse, and it talks about uh, the consequences or, the, or, the, or what happens when we arise. And it says in verse 11, Therefore your gates shall continually be open. Your gates shall continually be open. They shall not be shut day or night. That men may bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles and their kings and their progressions. And in verse 18 it says, And violence shall no longer be heard in your land, neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. But you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. In other words, you shall call your walls salvation and your gates strength. Strength, faith, it's got to be a part of our life continually, day by day, night by night. God wants us to be in a place of strength. God wants us to be in a place of praise where we exercise our spirit, exercise our faith in a place that brings down walls. If not the walls around your life, maybe the walls around the person next to you. Somewhere God has got for you some walls to come down. There's a strength when you praise. See, what is praise? I believe that this praise is an expression. It's one expression. It's an outward expression of an act of faith in our life. People say, I've got faith, but actually, faith without works, the Bible says, is dead. Where is your faith? Today, you may be going through some issues. You may have stuff going down in your life. You may have some walls that need to come down. You may have some fortified places in your heart, in your soul. If not there, maybe in the community that need to come down. Maybe you're already walking in a place of promise. But I tell you today, there are some besieged places in our community, in our nation, that need to have some walls brought down. Friend, the only way that those walls are coming to come down is not by just shouting out a big hoo-ha and clapping a big noise in church just for the sake of doing it. It's when we bring in our line, alignment into our life and with obedience and humility and start to bring faith and start to bring an alignment into our internal beings. An eternal makeup. When all those things come together, the humility, the obedience, the faith, and you come up against that wall, it may not look like a victory. You may not see it. You may not feel like it. But when those things are aligned inside of your life and you let out a big shout there, however that shout comes out, things will happen. That shout is not just about making a noise here, but that shout is about saying, God, help me, I need you. I'm dependent upon you. God, work things out in my life. Lord, let go of my pride. Let go, help me get over my pride. Help me get over myself. Don't let the Lord bring you to a place where he has to humble you. Humble yourself. You bring that place, 
Come to that place and you'll find that when you stand up and praise, when you shout, whether you shout by what you do in your workplace, maybe you shout in your job, maybe you shout, maybe you just get out and just give out a big hoo-ha just here right now. When you bring your alignment, when you bring your life into alignment, you'll find that there will be some walls come down.